Hi, I'm Ruth Schwenk, and I'm so thrilled you're listening in with us at Root Like Faith. It is our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's Word, transformed by the love of Jesus, and moved by His mission in the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more important. On today's episode of Root Like Faith, we are celebrating. We're celebrating the end of this season of Lent with celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. And we are going to answer the question, how can we have hope in a hopeless world? All right, friend, let's go. Well, today we're wrapping up our series on Lent and really focusing on Easter. This is like a time to celebrate. This coming Sunday, April 4th, is Resurrection Sunday. And so we're talking about how the resurrection of Jesus resurrects us to new life. And I just love that. Yes, and amen, baby. This is like the Super Bowl for Christians. This (laughs) is like the Sunday of Sundays. Yes. And so you the need Sunday, to go into Sunday. The Sunday of all Sundays. It is. Just go in with great enthusiasm, unknown to mankind, as, as Coach <laughs> Harbaugh uh, often says here, coach of University of Michigan. Yes. I'm oh sure my he's goodness. listening. Yes, yeah, sure. And, yeah. Um, oh, I just love that. We have such hope and we celebrate it this Sunday for Easter. So, but let's start. Okay. Let's start ta- with talking about some of our favorite Easter memories or traditions. I can't remember to, honestly, I you don't. Know, you can't say that because I can't remember anything. Oh my goodness. Well, I you know, I know my <laughs> sisters listen to the podcast, so if they remember anything from Easter, They're you know, probably gonna please be calling tell me, you. call right. me. Um, but I, I remember more around Christmas than I do Easter. Um, now, we have lots of them from when our kids were younger. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I did, obviously, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. So as far as Easter goes, yeah, I remember going to my grandparents' house for a nice meal, but we weren't going to church to celebrate celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Now, there are things that I can remember from the you know, as the kids have grown up and, uh, I, I don't feel like I'm the best at traditions. Like people go all out. I see parents go all out and I'm like, Oh, I wish I could do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but there's one thing now, this is not like a meaningful tradition. This is just fun. Cause I do think it's fun to celebrate it in all different ways. One thing I've done, and this is the tip of the year for parents, because this will last you all the way from when they're little to when they're teenagers, even honestly, when they're adults, is you know Easter egg hunts are a big deal you know around Easter and so we always get those little plastic eggs well when they were little you could put like a penny or a quarter in it and I hide them all over the house instead of candy it's money and it's all over the house and they they go find them and they think that's so fun well guess what when they're teenagers they still think it's fun you put a dollar in each one or whatever it just costs us a lot more now <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. I I could I'd like to do that. Go find some <laughs> eggs with some money, but that's obviously a, a fun, silly Easter tradition. But we've done that. Um, we also obviously always have um, you know a meaningful devotion. We talk about the resurrection of Jesus. We have a a meal together. Um, but you know, there's some of those th- like there's meaningful traditions. I'll be sure I put some in the show notes. But I think of like I the one that comes to mind are these. They're called resurrection rolls and um okay talk to me i know talk to me (laughs) they sound so good now you ever made these honey 
No, I haven't. I but didn't I, think so. <laughs> but I always but I like think. Them. But I always think that I should <laughs> listen. Just, this could be our Easter. This just could be the being year. real. This is real motherhood. <laughs> I have always seen other moms making these resurrection rolls with their kids, and I think, oh, that's so sweet. And so, like, the point is, but I and then I don't make them. I don't know why, but I don't. But it's such a good idea. So you make these rolls, and when they bite into them, they're hollowed out on the inside, which is obviously like the empty tomb. The empty tomb. I love it. Um, so that's the it. resurrection. I'm yeah. all in, honey. If you needed my <laughs> approval, I approve. I don't think I'm going to make them. I'm sorry, honey. But somebody listening might want to. So, yeah, that's that's all that comes to mind when I think about Easter traditions and memories. Yeah, well, I think that's why we're in this series on Lent and you know, dying to live because there mm-hmm. are so many rich um, you know, activities or, or traditions that are, yeah. that are attached to this preparation period leading into Easter. And of course, Easter is this, this Sunday, and it is a time now for us to turn our attention mm-hmm. uh, as we look at the death of Jesus and now the resurrection of Jesus. And so, I mean, we just live in a culture where there's so much despair. Yes. And we have, uh, or at least a lot of people have rejected God. They, uh, they suppress the truth about him. And when you do that, you're, you're left without real hope. And mm-hmm. you can't erase the search for divinity from the human heart. Mm. Uh, everybody is looking for perfection. Everybody is searching for God. And yet when you uh, take him out of the picture and you reject him or suppress the truth, you can't get away from the reality of, of needing God and wanting mm-hmm. God. You still long for him. And so you begin to put your hope and and you look for other things to bring meaning and purpose. And yet at some point, those are all horizontal. All those things at some point, mm. they let us down, they, yep. they deteriorate. And so um, we're really talking about that theme today as we've been talking about Lent and, and dying to sin, all the stuff that's dead and dying. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk a little bit about, about death here in a moment, but really what we're talking about is ultimately the hope that we have because mm-hmm. death has been defeated. Yeah, and we all need that reminder, right? I mean, whether you're listening and you're following Christ and you you know about the, the resurrection of Jesus, you we all need the reminder that we can have hope, why we can have hope and how we can have hope. And maybe you're listening and you need that hope. You've never experienced that hope. And that's here for you today as well. So as we talk about hope, I feel like the place to start is the place none of us like to talk about or think about. And that is in death because with without, I mean, without death, you don't have the new life. So let's talk about death. Yeah, you know, Lent always begins with with the confession that we come from dust and will return to mm, dust. So it's very yes. common, you know, if you've been in an Ash Wednesday service, then you know you've you've heard that verse, Genesis chapter three, verse nineteen, read or spoken over you that we have come from the dust and will return to the dust. And that's mm-hmm. a very sober thought, and and it's it's um, yet it's there's great wisdom in that um, yes. of, of remembering our frailty, the brevity of life, mm-hmm. uh, that that death has entered into the world because of that first sin. Um, that that sin brings separation, it brings physical death, it brings spiritual death, a separation from God. And yeah, most people don't want to think about that. No, um, we'll do everything we can to distract ourselves, to sort of insulate ourselves from the reality of our own mortality. Mm-hmm. You know, we distract ourselves, we we try to be busy or entertain ourselves to avoid the topic. And and I really think that one of the scariest things when we think about death, one of the scariest things about death is that we we don't like the thought of of being alone or that perception mm-hmm. of being alone or separated from those that we love the most. And right. so one of the things that is so scary to us as human beings is the perception that death brings aloneness and separation. 
And yet when we think about the work of Jesus and what he's accomplished for us, he has entered into that place that we perceive to be aloneness and separation, mm-hmm. and he's conquered it. Um, and so this time of the year, we're remembering that that every predator in life has been defeated by the mm. death and resurrection of that. Jesus. He's defeated sin, he's defeated death, and he's defeated our spiritual enemy, mm. the devil. And so there's nothing left in life to truly there's nothing, fear. Yeah, there's nothing. And so we, we can have, have we can have hope. And it doesn't mean that 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 we should rejoice. I mean, death is an, is a great evil. You know, the scriptures say in First Corinthians fifteen verse twenty six that that the last enemy to be destroyed is death. And so, mm. the, so the it is our enemy. The yes. scriptures describe death as a great enemy, but it's an enemy that that is weak and has been defeated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hebrews chapter two verse fifteen or starting in verse 14, says this, since the children have flesh and blood, and here the writer's talking about us, since the children have flesh and blood, um, he too, Jesus, shared in their humanities so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, Mm -hmm. and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by Ah. their fear of death. I mean, we live in a culture, and honestly, there's a lot of Christians who live in slavery to their fear of death, That's and yet the scriptures remind us to to hold on to the truth that Jesus mm-hmm. has conquered death, he's destroyed him who holds the power of death, the devil, and freed us to live in joy and mm-hmm. hope and peace, because Jesus has entered into that place that we perceive to be the end, to be a place of aloneness and separation, and he's filled it with his life, and he's been raised by the Father, mm-hmm. and he promises that we'll follow in his wake someday when we mm-hmm. take our last breath. Amen, honey. Jeez, I feel like I just need to say amen. <laughs> but what a picture that is of us being in slavery by our fear of death. And I think, you know, God is offering us freedom in that. We don't have Absolutely. to live in, in slavery over our fear of death. Yeah. And I think that that's where, you know, again, Easter is this great celebration that Jesus has been crucified, that, that our sin was that serious, that it cost him his life, that he went to the cross and he was pinned there to the cross out of obedience to the Father, but he was also pinned there to the cross out of his love for us. And and we said this last time that, that grace is it's free to the person who receives it, but it's costly to the one who gives it. Mm. And so this time of the year, we're remembering the real cost of God's grace, that, that Jesus really did suffer a painful, bloody, brutal death because of our sin. We put him there, and yet we're the recipients of that sacrificial love and outpouring mm-hmm. of his grace. And as a result of that, we now are filled with hope. Um, I love what Romans chapter 5, um, verse 5 says, uh, where Paul says, you know, we've been justified. In verse 1, he says, we've been justified by what Jesus has done for us, you know, by our faith in Jesus. We've been justified. We have peace with God. And then he goes on in verse 5 to say that hope will not disappoint us because the, the, um, the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. We, we ought to be a hope-filled people because of what Jesus has done for us, mm, um, I so love. Good. Can I can I share one other quick story before yes, we move on? Honey, I know I know you're going to read First you're Peter. You're all juiced up. <laughs> I'm excited again. Yeah. This is this is the Sunday of all Sundays. That's right. And, That's right. Uh, this is Easter. This is what we've been moving towards, yes, right? In the Lenten season. All these and episodes so, um, leading up to Easter. There's a great story, and I'll, I'll share it really quickly. No, you don't but, have to share um, it quickly. I was just kidding. This this happened um, at my, you know, my, my father passed away in a car accident in 2010, November of 2010. 
And then my mom passed away in uh, November of 2012. And I remember sitting at his graveside uh, mm-hmm. with my mom and my sisters were there and we were all you know, seated there in the front row. And there is something so powerful and so humbling and, and scary as well. Um, uh, you know, sitting just several feet from that from that grave where my father's body was going to be lowered, and just right after that service, and there I was with my mom, and they they enjoyed mm. forty yeah forty nine years of marriage, and and I'll never know what it was like. Mm. Um, I didn't know what it was like for for my mom to sit there and to experience that. Um, I, I can only imagine. But I remember sitting next to her. And along with my sisters, and at some point during that that part of the service, I remember just leaning over to my mom and telling her, "Thank God the grave is empty." Mm, um, it's so powerful, and that's what we're celebrating. That's right. what we're remembering that we bring mm. all of our pain, we bring mm. all of our sorrow, we bring the the real loss that we've experienced. We don't minimize that. No, um, that's no small thing. But we bring all of those sufferings, all of that pain. All of those longings, we we come into Easter Sunday. We come into that service, and we bring those sorrows to the feet of Jesus, remembering mm. that He swallowed that up by His death and resurrection. Mm. We bring our little sufferings, as some people say, and we bring them to the to the great suffering of Jesus on the cross, mm. and we surrender those to Him, and um, and we remember that that uh, all is not lost. That there is great hope. There is a great reward for us one day mm. when we take our last breath. That we are a hope filled people because of what Jesus has accomplished for us. Mm, I love that. That's so good. So as we talk about hope, we want to answer the question, what is hope? And I think I I love 1 Peter 1, 3 through 8, that says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an, an inheritance that can never perish spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. That's the death we were talking about. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. I love that. An inexpressible. You're filled with an inexpressible and glorious now, joy. Now I'm ready to say amen. I, that's I just, right. I, that, I mean, we say, I mean, that's such a powerful <laughs> passage. I, you know, as you're reading that, I, I literally, I'm over here, I'm like, I need to bring it, I need to get a Kleenex. And so I just, that, every time that passage is, we mm. just read this passage as a church mm. a couple of weeks ago yeah. um, at our Maple Campus here at Grace Bible Church in Ann Arbor. And I was literally in tears um, when we got yeah. done with that. This this passage in particular was one of my favorite passages to go to early on in my diagnosis. I remember sitting over at the mm. Rogel Cancer Center at U of M and pulling that up in my Version app and reading over um, this passage, you know, just again and again. I just love mm-hmm. that. We've, we've been given this new birth into a living hope. It's not a dead hope. It's a hope that is alive and it will not disappoint us as we talked about in Romans chapter five. And the reason we have this hope is because it's through what Jesus uh, Christ has accomplished for us. And I love that, you know, in verse um, four, where, where Peter says that we have this inheritance, we have this future mm. 
mm. that can never perish. It doesn't spoil or fade. And you just think about everything in life from from your house, from the thing that you just bought a week ago, or to like everything is in decay. Your body <laughs> is breaking down. My body is breaking right, down. Right. Um, and everything is is in some way spoiling or perishing uh, or fading. And yet Peter is saying that this hope that we possess in Christ is something that nobody can touch, mm. nothing can touch. I love that. Uh, it is kept for us. It's protected by our faith, protected by God for us, that, that we're going to enjoy um, this this future forever with God and with mm. one another who profess the name of Jesus. And nobody can take that away. Yep. Um, I mean, that's the hope that we that we possess because of Jesus mm. and what he's accomplished. I love that. Us. I love that because I keep thinking of the phrase or the sentence, you have a future. Right. Like when we think about that, that's, that's so real. It's so true. God offers us this inheritance. That's so good. And I think that's such an important thing to tell ourselves is that we have a future because mm. I think that that's in particular suffering and trials and loss. Um, the, the myth that we believe in that is that we don't have a future, yeah. uh, that our future has been severed. Mm-hmm. And I think the the reality uh, that we need to come back to is ultimate reality, which is God's reality. And that is that we have a future, mm-hmm. um, that our life doesn't end here on earth. It ends in heaven when God returns and he renews and restores the whole earth. Mm. Um, I love the, um, I don't know, I, I wish I could remember who said it. This is, I'm terrible, uh, but it, it's not, uh, I, can't, I can't remember who said it, but they use the analogy of hope. When they, when they were talking about hope, they said hope is like fog or it's like lights in the fog. Mm. Um, and I just love that. It's so simple, but I think everybody has, has driven in the fog and you, you oh, turn your headlights it's impossible. on and it's hard. You don't, you never turn the brights on, but you turn your lights on so you can just see far and you're enough. straining to see. Um, mm-hmm. But you can just see mm-hmm. enough to keep going. And I yeah. just love that, that illustration or analogy of what hope is, that it's like lights uh, in in the fog, and and that's really what what we're doing as we as we journey through life, as we keep our eyes on Jesus. Um, it, it's much like that. Yeah, and I think about as you're saying that, I'm thinking about driving through the fog and how wow, this is such a picture. But like, you can't look too far ahead, or right. you can't see. I mean, you literally have to just look right in front of you. And isn't that a picture of life and how God wants us to trust him in that? And we can have hope by just looking at that, you know, right in front of us, he leads the way. That's so good. I love that. I think there, you know, a couple other things I think that are really important for us to remember is we're, we're celebrating Easter. We're celebrating the death and resurrection of Jesus is that hope is trusting the promises of Jesus with little or or no evidence. I mean, Mm. just think about um, those who've come before us and um, you know, we, we have this, there's this reality that we have the communion of saints. There's those that have come before us who are now in the presence of God and we're connected in a very real way with, with other believers, mm-hmm. not only within our local church, but around the world. And, and you think about the lives of, of different men and women who've lived before us and how um, their life looks so bleak and they didn't receive everything that they were looking for in this life. And I just love that idea that, that hope really is trusting the promises of Jesus with no or little evidence that there's times mm. in our life where it just looks like God's not winning. Um, it mm. looks like that the promises of God are not true. And yet hope enables us to still believe that the promises are true, that God is going to come through and what he has said, whether I can see it right now, whether mm-hmm. I even experience it in this life, hope 
um, really looks to Jesus and trusts him no matter what. And that's what the saints of old have done. Um, and that's what God calls us to do in our time, in our, our generation. Um, you know, hope is, is believing in what we, what we um, cannot see at times. Right. Yep. Um, and it's really trusting in what Jesus has accomplished for us. And so hope um, is really what we believe and in, in not what we see or what we feel all the mm-hmm. time. Well, and I think most of the time we're, we're looking for that evidence that we can see. I mean, that's just the truth of how we as humans um, can operate. Uh, we want evidence. We want we want to see God come through when it seems like he's not there. We can lose hope so easily when we can't trace his hand in our life. And so this yeah. is, you know, we... We are called as Christ followers to hope in what we believe and not in what we see. And that that's real hope. You know, I, I was just thinking about as you were, you were saying that there's a great story um, and, and maybe some of our listeners that maybe come from a Catholic background will recognize Faustina that um, St. Faustina lived in, uh, I think she was born like in the early 1900s. She lived through uh, World War One. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a Polish nun. And I just love the story that, that she told one time in one of her writings, she talked about, just real briefly, she talked about how she, she saw two roads, and one road was was this broad road, and along that path there were flowers and gardens, and there were people who were laughing, and there was music, mm. and every comfort and pleasure was, was sort of laid out on that road, and yet she says that, that the people that were walking along that road they came to the end of the road without knowing it, and there was this great precipice. There was this great drop off, and they walked off the edge of it to not be returned or recovered. Mm. And then she says there was this other road, and that road was much more narrow. It was very small, and she says it was much more like a path. And along that path, there were thorns and rocks, and people were were actually at times crying, and there were tears in their mm. eyes. And yet, when they got to the end of that road that they stumbled upon or they, that they finally came to, there was this beautiful, magnificent garden. And then mm. she ends that story by saying the moment that they entered that garden, they forgot all their suffering. Mm. They forgot all their sorrow. And of course, that that's a great picture illustration of what the Apostle Paul mm. says in Romans chapter 8, verse 18, that, that all of our suffering, all of our trials, the, the path that we walk in this life that can be full of, of difficult times will all be swallowed up. They won't even compare to the glory that will be revealed in us mm-hmm. in Christ Jesus on that day. And so I just love that picture that, um, that we do live with, with that, that, um, that challenge that as we walk along the road, there are different difficult times and struggles and there's thorns and thistles and rocks. And yet we have this promise that God himself is going to meet us and he will be waiting for us. He's going to wipe away every tear. Mm-hmm. And when that day comes, we're going to forget all of our sorrows mm-hmm. in an instant and they won't compare as Paul says in Romans mm. 8, they won't compare at all to the joy and, and the peace and the power and the majesty of being in God's mm. presence. And I, I, you know, as you shared that story, I could, all I could think about is our, our tendency towards that path that looked so lovely, mm. you know, towards yep. the path that where everybody was laughing and, and uh, I mean, we just, that's the path we want, right? right. Yep. When we, we, the reality of life is that a lot of times there are struggles and suffering and, and then the garden, the perfection, um, the beauty, the relief, the hope is waiting for us at the end. And I think it really does challenge, it really does strike, and we're going to close here in just a moment with Romans chapter 8, but I think it really does strike at what we believe the good life really is. Mm, and so I think this absolutely. is a time of the year to go, what really is the good life? What is the abundant mm. life? What is the flourishing life? 
And we live in a culture that in so many different ways is always selling us on what they think or what the culture thinks is the abundant life, the good life, whether it's on social media or Hollywood or TV commercials. And yet Jesus offers this, uh, this abundant life that he lays out for us in, uh, in the Gospels and in the scriptures as a whole. And so we, we have to, I think, this time of the year go, what do I really believe about the flourishing life, the abundant life? Do I really believe that it's found in following Jesus, even with all the thorns and thistles right. and we can trials. have that hope now. Um, we yep. can have that hope now. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that heaven begins now for the believer. Right. Um, and the choices we make, the ways that we say yes to Jesus and the life that he's trying to give us, um, heaven begins now. And we have this hope that sustains us. It's an anchor in difficult and dark times. And even when we're walking through those dark, difficult times and seasons and circumstances, we are a hope-filled people because of what Jesus has accomplished Mm -hmm. for us. He's entered into the scariest place for us. He's entered into that place that we perceive to be a place of aloneness and separation, and he's conquered it. Uh, I want to close by just reading Romans chapter 8. This is one of my favorite passages of scripture, but Romans chapter eight, uh, starting in verse 38 and then going through uh, just, I guess, 39, he says, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither uh, height or death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I mean, that is our Mm, hope. Amen. Amen. And this Sunday, we celebrate his resurrection. So, so good. Well, friend, we are so grateful you have joined us. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the other episodes on Lent, be sure you listen back to those. We'll put all the links in the show notes at rootlikefaith.com forward slash podcast. Also, if we haven't met, we want to get to know you. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Patrick W. Schwank and at Ruth Schwank or on Facebook. And would you do us a big favor and leave us a review or rating and share this podcast with your friends? Make sure that you tag us on social media as well. We're so, so grateful for your help in getting the word out. Well, I hope you have a great Easter, a great Resurrection Sunday, and a great week. We'll chat soon.